0: My freshman year in college, I got a job at a summer camp. And I got there, and the camp director, I thought, was the coolest guy in the world. And you know what he was into? Kayaking. So naturally, I got into kayaking. And halfway through the summer, I had saved up all my money, and I bought a kayak. And I went to the pond on our camp, the calm water pond, and I learned how to kayak. I learned how to go forward and backwards and do an Eskimo roll and turn around and all those things. And a couple weeks later, we had a really massive storm in the Texas Hill Country, and the Guadalupe River, the banks, rose. And my camp director came to me and said, Hey, James, you ready to go kayaking? And I said, Sure, let's do this. And we took our vehicles, And we went to the Guadalupe River, and we dropped my vehicle off at the exit where we were going to get out of the river, and we drove his vehicle to where we got in. We put all our stuff in his car, took just our flip-flops, bathing suits, a paddle, a life jacket, and we hopped in. I thought I knew how to kayak, I thought I was an expert, but four hours later realized, yeah, I got nothing. I don't know what I'm doing. Long story short, at the end of the day, we get out of the river. I am beat up. I'm bruised. I'm cut up. I'm bleeding. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. We drag our kayaks out of the river, get to my vehicle. And my boss says to me, unlock the car. And I say, oh yeah, I locked my keys in your car when we locked up everything else for safekeeping. And as the sun started to set and another storm was on the horizon, he turned to me and said, well, you've got a long hike ahead of you. (laughs) And I started that journey. If you're like me, this Christian life thing, it's kind of like a river sometimes. And if you're like me, you sometimes think you got this, you're an expert. For the past six years, I've spent a lot of time at Concordia Seminary, digging into the scriptures, learning Greek and Hebrew, and reading every minor prophet. Uh, I can't remember any of them right now, but i read them all. If you're like me, you're going through your Christian life thinking, I got this, but you've forgotten the key sometimes and that key is Christ. Paul is worried about this with every letter he writes, all of the epistles. Especially in this one to the Colossians. Cuz there's people trying to sell them things, new ideas, trying to hand them other keys. And he reminds them in the beginning of Colossians that the key is Christ. We cannot leave that behind. You never get past the gospel. We take it with us when we journey into scripture. We take it with us in our walks of faith, in our Christian life. Christ and his good news is our religion. All things are by him, through him, and for him. The beginning of our reading starts off with the word, therefore. And whenever you read Paul's letters, when you see a therefore, you should ask yourself, what's the therefore there for? You might have heard that before. So let's actually go back a little bit and read Colossians 2:13 and 14. You were once dead because of your failures and your corrupt nature. But God made you alive with Christ when he forgave all our failures. He did this by erasing the charges that were brought against us by the written laws God has established. He took the charges away by nailing them to the cross. Brothers and sisters, there is absolutely nothing you can do to make yourself right with God impossible but i've got good news for you it's been done for you you get christ's life his death his resurrection his righteousness for you painted on you imbued in you you get it all and now you're free to go do good works to go love your neighbor That is the key. So now we can jump in and pick up at the therefore. Therefore, let no one judge you because of what you eat or drink or about the observance of annual holy days, new moon festivals or weekly days of rest, holy days. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the body that casts the shadow belongs to Christ. Now, if you're like me, you've read the entire Old Testament, right? And you remember a lot from the Old Testament that had to do with what you can eat and drink and what you shouldn't eat and drink. And there was this whole sacrificial system and cleansing process. There were a lot of holy days and things to be done in order to be holy, right? Remember all of that? So how can Paul say this? Remember the key and the key is Christ. All the Old Testament, all the New Testament, all of Scripture points to and is about Christ. So the entire sacrificial system in the Old Testament, all of the holy days, all the ritual purification, all of the stuff in the Old Testament, the temple, the sacrifice, the priest—all of it points to and finds its ultimate fulfillment. In Christ and we are in Christ, part of His body. We don't have to worry about clean and unclean. But you can eat and not eat, which day is holier than the other one? We get to rest Sabbath in Christ. All things are by him, through him, and for him. The the Gnostics, uh, that's the group that during the time of the letter to the Colossians, they were starting to develop. And they had this idea that in order to become holy, in order to be right with God, there was secret knowledge that you needed to know. And they'd tell you it for a price normally. It's kind of how our world works sometimes. Have you ever been in the Christian aisle at Barnes & Noble? There's a lot of secret knowledge being sold. Everything you need has been revealed in Christ. There's no secret. Let's jump back in. Verse 18, let no one who delights in false humility and the worship of angels tell tell you that you don't deserve a prize. Such a person whose sinful mind fills him with arrogance gives endless details of the visions he has seen. He doesn't hold on to Christ, the head. Christ makes the whole body grow as God wants it to through support and unity given by the joints and the ligaments. The Gnostics also had this other idea that God was 100% spirit and out of him came other spiritual beings, angels, principalities, powers, etc. They emanated from him. And down at the bottom of this hierarchy of spiritual beings was what was known as the Demiurge. This won't be on the test. Don't worry about it. But the Demiurge somehow created everything that was physical and matter, and that was a sinful act. So therefore, all the physical and matter and what we're made up of is evil. Paul is reminding the people that, no, 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 no. You are part of the body of Christ. Look to the head. Don't look at all that. Don't don't listen to people who converse with angels and all these weird things. Focus on Christ. Rest in Christ. Paul uses the phrase in Christ over 150 times in his letters. It's very important to him. Remember it. Verse 20, if you, die, if you have died with Christ to the world's way of doing things, why do you let others tell you how to live? It's as though you were still under the world's influence. We're going to come back to this verse. This one is the one that we do all the time. People will tell you, don't handle this, don't taste or touch that. All of these things deal with objects that are only used up anyway. These things look like wisdom with their self-imposed worship, false humility, and harsh treatment of the body, but they have no value for holding back the constant desires of your corrupt nature. So there was a heresy, a false belief that if it was spiritual, it was good, and if it was material, it was bad. And it seems like something that, you know, they just dealt with it 1,000 years, 2,000 years ago. No, no, no. We still deal with that today, this false distinction between good spiritual, bad physical, bad material. When I was in middle school, I went on a uh, retreat with, with the school that I went to. It was a Christian school. It wasn't Lutheran, so don't, so don't judge um, this church's school or anything like that. Uh, this school, we went on a retreat, and they didn't feed us for most of the retreat because we needed to distance ourselves from the physical and really focus on the spiritual. And the whole thing culminated in a bonfire where, uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit, you young folk. Um, Back then, if you wanted music, and you wanted to listen to it, it was on a a CD. Um, And CDs are a disc that hold data, and you could hold maybe 12 songs on it. So if you were a cool kid, you had a binder with like 50 CDs in it, and that was a lot of music. Okay. That night, at the retreat, we were told to take our CDs, all of our evil, spe- evil physical music, and throw it in the bonfire and burn your CDs. And I'm thinking, is this what I have to do to get fed around here? Okay. <laughs> so I pick out the ones that I really didn't like anyways because you had to have something to throw in the fire. I hid the rest of them, and I, I threw them in the fire, and I played along with everything. This has snuck into the church a bit, okay? Don't worry about me too much, because later that week, me and my friends had a CD burning party, and to burn a CD it actually means you're copying one, so we just copied each other's CDs. We were okay. But, but this kind of idea has snuck into the church, this false distinction between what is holy and not holy. And it takes away the focus off of Christ a lot of the time. And it gets a little more insidious. I mean, think about it, though. Christ was 100% man and 100% God. That's why the Gnostics, Matt talked about it a few weeks ago, had a real problem with the deity and the humanity of Christ. They're like, how can that happen? Because physical is evil. But the truth is, we were created physical and spiritual beings, right? And God ministers to us through physical elements, bread and wine, other human beings. But this gets a little crazier in our day and age. We, we still do the same kind of thing. And uh, I, was, I was driving in my car the other day, and I saw this car in front of me that had like 30 bumper stickers on it. You've seen that kind of car before. You might drive one. It, it's, it's a great way to tell people that you're really confused. And, and on this car with like 30 bumper stickers, there was one that really uh, stood out to me, and, and, and it was this, uh, God, this Christian mom hates Garfield, with hates in like all, all big block letters. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Garfield is great. Who wouldn't like a funny cat who loves lasagna? What's wrong with that? Well, it turns out that, that there was a Facebook group a few years ago And it got kind of big, and it was full of moms and dads who who were jumping on a boycott bandwagon. Uh, We, as Christians, have had a lot of those over the years. This one was a Garfield one, because the creator of Garfield didn't want to get into the argument about gender identity politics, all that stuff. And he said, I'm not getting into it. And he wouldn't confirm that Garfield was male. Okay, problematic, sure. But it became the identity of a Facebook group and the people in it. The person who had this bumper sticker doesn't believe this at all. While I was doing more research. This has become a meme that people use to poke fun at Christians. And we should be a little aware when there's memes poking fun at us because there might be a hint of truth in them. And the truth is this. We, have, we as Christians have begun to be identified by the things that we hate. Not necessarily the stances we take in Christ, but the things, the people, the views, the movements that we hate. Now don't get me wrong, there are stances we should take as Christians. Paul spends a lot of time talking about that, but he never gets to that point. He never gets to exhortation, Christian living, or controversies before first establishing the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ. And we as a church have gotten into this habit, you and me, I do it all the time, where we move past the gospel, start taking stances on issues and different things, but we left our keys in the car. We forgot Christ along the way. You might find yourself saying something like I have in the past where you're not a true Christian unless you X, Y, or Z. You're not a true Christian unless you belong to this political party. You're not a true Christian unless you listen to this particular music. You're not a true Christian unless you wear this particular thing when you preach or unless you use this particular instrument, yada, 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 regardless of context. You're not a real Christian unless you blank. And what you're really doing in those moments is you're taking the focus off of Christ and you're putting it on me. We do it all the time. How did we become a church that embraces other religions? Now, I'm not talking about the religions, the other religions that are easy to identify, you know, Muslim, Buddhism, Hinduism, those false religions that are out there in the world that have been around for a long time, those are easy to identify, and I'm not talking about the church embracing those. I'm talking about the more subtle religions out there. We have clung to religions of patriotism, nationalism, racism, liberalism, conservatism, globalism, capitalism, communism, ism, 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 whatever ism you want to throw in there we start to take on those isms as our identity, and what it really comes down to is you're creating meism, James, James-ism, whatever-ism. But it's not Christianity. And so then when the world looks at the church, they see the isms that we stand for instead of Christ. And they start to identi- identify Christianity with political movements, economic movements, Etc., etc., etc. All the isms that we confuse with Christ. This is what Paul calls another gospel. Again, don't get me wrong, we have to take stances on things, but those stances have to be rooted in Christ, in that identity. That's what we should get worked up about. Christ. Christ. For you, The real issue is that just like in the first century, during the time this letter was written, we are constantly being told that if we do certain things, that, we will, that will make us more righteous, more holy. It'll fix our relationship with God. It's backwards. The truth is, because we are made right with God, through Christ, because we are in Christ, because we are part of his body, he is working his gospel, good news, righteousness in us, through us, and despite us. We are Christ's body, so we are called to behave like the body of Christ. Paul is not telling us to go do this or do that because it makes you holy. He's saying you have been declared holy. Now go be it. then what do we focus on what do we do well christ actually has something to say about this in john the gospel of john chapter 13 verses 34 through 35 i'm giving you a new commandment love each other in the same way i have loved you everyone will know that you are my disciples because of your love for each other There used to be this hymn we sang a lot in the church, They Will Know We Are Christians By Our Love. I love that hymn. It got stuck in my head this week. If I started thinking, man, if we were to rewrite that today, we might have new verses. They will know we are Christians by the protests we go to. They will know we are Christians by the memes we post on Facebook. They will know we are Christians by the people we ignore. And cast aside. No, 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 no. They will know we are Christians by our love. People are going to see the gospel at work in us, through us, and despite us, even when we fight other members of the body of Christ. Colossians 2, 6-7 says, You received Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to live as Christ's people. Sink your roots in Him and build on Him. Be strengthened by the faith that you were taught and overflow with thanksgiving. We sometimes get distracted by the question of how to be a better Christian. It's a good question to ask. How to be more Christ-like. But it's only a good question in light of the gospel, in light of your identity already being assured, in light of resting in the good news of Jesus Christ. We can ask that question, but we can't get into this thing like there's different levels of Christianity. You start off as a white belt Christian, work your way to yellow belt, and eventually you become a black belt Christian who's an expert. Not quite how it works. You're either in the body of Christ or you're not. And when you're in the body of Christ, you look to the head, who is Christ Jesus. You feast on His words. You root yourself in Him. You feast on His words, His body, His blood, and in so doing, your faith grows. That faith growing comes from outside of you. It comes from the head. It comes from Christ. So you turn to Him. You don't turn to the other religions in the world. You turn to the key to everything, which is Christ. You don't accept those other keys that are being offered to you all the isms, all the religions that are out there. Christ is your identity. So I found myself sun setting, flip-flops on, scraped up, bruised, no shirt, having to make a four-mile hike in the hill country. And you know how this works. Rivers go downhill, so I had to go uphill. I thought I'd take a shortcut. That didn't turn out well. More bruised, more bloodied. The sun has set, and my mom had always warned me, don't you ever hitchhike. It's not safe. It was the only option I had, I felt. I had had walked a half mile, and I was done. (laughs) I can't do that. Four miles. I saw this car coming. It was the only one I had seen for quite some time. And I stuck out my thumb, and it blew right past me. (laughs) But then I saw the the taillights. They slammed on their brakes, reversed, rolled down their window, and I couldn't quite see in their car, but I heard out of the car, James Cleland? What are you doing? It was my roommate from college. His family had happened to be on vacation that week in the middle of nowhere, hill country, and he goes, get in my car. I got this. The feeling I felt in that moment of being lost, bloodied, bruised, no hope, and then someone pulls over and calls me by name and says, I got this. That is a shadow of the gospel. You are called by name. You are his. You are in Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. There is nothing you can do to make God more happy with you than he already is because of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ given to you. You don't need any other religions You don't need to worry about what's clean and unclean to eat, etc., etc., etc. You are free to go love your neighbor, love your family, and love strangers you meet throughout your week because you can rest in your gospel Christ identity. Amen? Please join me in prayer. Lord, we are a people who think we can move past the gospel. We forget the key that is Christ. We cling to other self-made religions when we should be clinging to Christ. Forgive us and root us in Christ. Work your gospel love in us, through us, and despite us to bring glory to your holy name, thank you for the freedom to love others. Give us ample opportunities to show your faith, love, and hope to our families, neighbors, and the strangers we meet throughout our day. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.